segment where I sit down with my man 30 Instill Gaming to talk about some of the biggest gaming news. And this week, we're going to talk about Bungie. Uh, I don't talk about Bungie or Destiny that much on my channel, but this story got so big, it was hard to ignore. And we have a long history with Destiny as friends and as fellow podcasters and shows that we used to do together. So there's also brand new information that came out that I have not yet spoken on or covered, and it's actually pretty serious. So we're going to be covering that as well. Forbes breaking some some just, I think, some pretty, you know, not so great things. So we're going to be talking about that. I'm going to end my previous stream. We checked out that RoboCop Rogue City game. And we, if you want to check out that gameplay, that is on the channel. So make sure you guys are smashing the like button if you're watching the past broadcast. Do that. Also be sure to hit subscribe as well. So Mike, I, I, I know you've looked at the new info. I have glanced at the new info. So before we get to the the brand new revelations that have come out, I want to know what was your initial response when you saw this story uh, earlier in the week? Because I watched your recap of it where you were like sort of reading through one of the, I think it was one of the the Forbes articles on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, What were your initial thoughts when you saw this? So when when, uh, my chat put it in my Discord that it was going down, uh, was it Monday? I think it was Monday. Uh, it was my first show back from my my trip that I had, and I was like, I was like, oh, I wasn't really shocked because, you know, Lona, when we were doing the podcast, I always said two things, and people thought I was crazy. I said, everyone used to say that this game coming out is going to kill Destiny. It's going to kill Destiny. And I always used to say, the only thing killing Destiny is Destiny itself, like Bungie itself, right? And then I said, they've always had money issues. I said it when we were doing the first when we did the uh, podcast back in 2015 and we went to destiny two, I said, I find it awkward that they're putting microtransactions in and doing all this stuff and building a 200,000 square foot, uh, you know, building. I was like, I feel like they just don't know how to handle money. So when they posted this and this was dropping and they were laying off people, I was like, Oh, this is definitely an upper management problem. I was like, this is a bungee problem. 100%. I wasn't, uh, you know, fooled by, well, it's, it's Microsoft's fault for Bungie. Oh, it's Activision's fault for Bungie. Oh, it's now Sony's fault for Bungie. No, it's always been Bungie. Bungie is the problem with Bungie. So that's what I thought when I first came out. I was like, yep, the chickens came home to roost. I've, I've been saying this for years, and it's I'm glad that now the rest of people are seeing it. Well, and the interesting thing was is that the initial theories that were swirling were sort of reinforcing some other theories that like Sony's in trouble. This is a PlayStation issue. And the brand new information that has come out has been summarized by the following quote. Some employees were told that if Sony, if the Sony buyout did not happen, that with current Destiny 2 performance, the studio itself would have been in jeopardy if they were still independent. And I said the other day, I said, when you miss your revenue targets by 45%, even if they were still independent, they would have had to do cost-reductive movements. And they're saying the studio would have been in jeopardy. It wouldn't have been like, oh, we'll, we'll just lay off right. some people. Because a lot of people forget they were 900 employees when Sony mer- bought them. And they boosted up to like 1,200. So now they're down to 1,100. So they're still bigger. And in oh, many were, respects... They were 1,200 and they went back to 11? I thought they were 11. Now they're down to 1,000, I thought. It was a 12 to 11? It okay. was 1,200, yeah. Yeah, 12 okay. down to, to, to 11. So to me, I think this is pretty significant that apart from apart from Sony, we could have been looking at a potential foreclosure. We could have been looking at something more drastic that 
you know, they're saying, listen, I, it, we might not have been able to do this. We might not have been able to stick around. That's how far this game fell. Right. Now, there's other things that have come out. I want your thoughts on that. Why do you think the game fell so sharply? Why do you think that 45%, they just didn't hit it? What What do you think happened? Well, I think there's a, a lot of different things that happened. From when Destiny first came out to what it is today, nine years, almost 10 years later, when it when it came out into the scene, there wasn't that many live service games, right? So it succeeded, and I had to talk about this. It it succeeded like um, Lyric, the streamer on Twitch, said in the in the past, like years ago. He said, "If I started streaming today, I wouldn't be as big as I am, and I wouldn't I wouldn't have succeeded, right? Because because he started where he started and was like the first to do it, mm-hmm. he became big because of it, right? And that's the same type of effect that Bungie Bungie made Halo one of the best." franchises in the history of video games when it came out when it was with microsoft when they broke off with uh microsoft and then went with activision to make destiny they were the first in the scene this is why they're the experts this is why sony bought them for what they are because they're experts at live service live service games came and went and this still stayed around by the skin of their teeth according to the gdc conference they had back in april when they came out and said destiny 2 struggled six weeks after it launched but they were still successful. And now there's other live service games coming out. There's other games that are competing. So the player base is not just all focused on Bungie and Destiny. They've moved on to other games. They're they're playing Tarkov. They're playing Final Fantasy XIV. They're going on to Fall 76. They're playing Starfield. They're playing Spider-Man. There's all these other great games that are out there. And I, if I didn't mention those big bigger games, you know, Elden Ring, whatever, right? There's competition now. It's not just... Bungie with Destiny going up against the other live one live service game, which was Division and Warframe. You know what I mean? So I think there was a lot of issues where they had a bunch of people that loved the game, but then they kept giving. I mean, we talked about it week after week after week on the other podcast. They came up with the same stuff, boring, repetitive, same thing. According to the GDC conference, when they said they said Destiny one was very popular. But then Destiny 2, they they asked all the people, all the player base, what what could make it better? And they said, we made a better game. Destiny 2 was a better game until six weeks later. And then it dropped off a cliff, and they were five weeks away from closing shop back then for the IP, not the studio, right? Destiny 2 would have been done and complete. But then they revived it because they did a whole bunch of stuff uh, to, to revive it and got that player base back. And now here we are just, what, four years later, five five years later? where they're in the exact same situation where 45% of the player base is gone, basically, because it's the same repetitive game with the same MO of microtransactions. You see with the new reports that even the interior of the developers were like, you got to cut back on the microtransactions. You got to do this. And they said, nope, still staying on course. Thanks for your input, but we're not listening, right? So here we are. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I said they, they, they bought into their own hubris. You know, they think they're so righteous and so great. I think they, I think upper executives, I think higher level management, I just think they, they're so full of hubris and you can see it in, you know, Zubair said they went with the don't over deliver model. Like they said in the GDC, like you don't want to over deliver. And, but they did that in a year when everybody else is over delivering. You're mentioning all these other live service games people can play and that's great. But there's also tons of just great games in general that came out this year. 2023 kind of kicked the door in. And it was like, hey, it's going to be really hard for you to keep people's attention. Because there's so many good games that are going to come out. And I said something similar to what you just said about how 
if you know if there's no other competition right if there's nothing else going on something can succeed and i said that happened with destiny one it was like there was nothing else to play at the time like (laughs) what were you going to play like they basically survived a lot of their bad decisions in the early days of destiny one they survived because where else were you going to go to play a game like that you know, there was no other game that offered that level of of just yeah. you could play for hours and hours. I love Destiny One, and then when Destiny Two came out, according to them, it was more popular, but it was less popular for me because I loved the way Destiny One was. I I, I love the way Destiny One felt, but Destiny Two was a better game, but yet it was it was shallow. It was like a puddle. You know what I mean? Well, in the realm of the new information that's come out, I I, I want to look at some of these things so we can kind of interact with it. I had somebody pull some of these highlights out from this Forbes article. And the first thing I want to look at here as a bullet point is that management said other levers were looked at to avoid layoffs. When employees asked if one lever was executive compensation, they were told no and that it would not happen at the company now there's been few there's been more clarification about this a bungee reached out to forbes and said that pete parsons and some execs gave up annual bonuses before this but that was not shared with others at the company until yesterday like it's an unclear dollar amount so bonuses aren't exactly what i have in mind i'm thinking pay cut right right y'all y'all are the ones up at the top driving this ship and if you drive it into the ground, you should be the ones to take the pay cut to, to weather this. We've seen this happen with Nintendo. We've seen this happen with Sony. These are companies where the higher level executives will take significant pay cuts to avoid these types of situations. What do you think about that? The fact that they were told, listen, that, that's not going to happen here. Executives are not going to be the ones that have their compensation lowered. I mean, that, that's just standard management business corporation stuff right like what's good for the goose is not good for the gander they're like we need to cut costs they're like hey can you take a pay cut no that's that's not gonna happen we're gonna have to let chuck go from accounting because uh chuck is uh he's only making sixty thousand dollars a year but i can't give my bonus up are you kidding me i got i got two houses to pay for and and a car and a mortgage right like upper management never wants to give it away very few uh high-end corporation ceos will go out there and give uh you know, give their salary or take a pay cut so they can survive. But no, most of them are just like, nah, I'm going to keep mine. You guys will we'll sacrifice. We'll, we'll live. Remember, they didn't get rid of any developers. They got rid of other people, right? The developers are still there making the game. There's no there's no cuts for actual people making the actual game right now. Right. Well, and somebody says, Fuzzy says, I don't know how much bonus they would get after being down 45% on their revenue projections. The bonuses are based on metrics. That's such a good point. Like, did they voluntarily, you know, forego those bonuses? Or is like, you're not going to get those bonuses. Goodness gracious, you guys missed your targets by 45%. That seems kind of like the natural way of things. that You wouldn't receive those. So, I, you know, I'm not surprised at all. Uh, that was something that I said. You know, my my view of the company, my experience with the company, things I've heard firsthand, secondhand, you know, from people that either worked there uh, this didn't surprise me at all. No. I always thought the whole we're we're a team, we're a family. You know, they do all this virtue signaling. I was just like, yes. I, yeah, it's all a facade, and you can see with the way that this was handled and how it was handled. And the bummer of it is, is that it was turned into some kind of a console war thing. Of well, now we can. Oh, look what happens when you get bought by Sony, and it's like they would be facing potential disaster if it wasn't for being owned by Sony. That's they're now protected from 
from Ruin because they're owned by Sony. And it says right here on that topic, another bullet point from Forbes. Internally, really no one is blaming Sony for this, even management. Some employees were told that if Sony buyout did not happen, that with the current Destiny 2 performance, the studio itself would have been in jeopardy if they were still independent. And more here, it says, cannot be fully confirmed among every employee, but at least to some, Destiny 2 director Joe Blackburn is not really considered to be one of the corporate culprits here for how things went down. That doesn't surprise me because he's the one out here doing these streams and actually yeah. talking to the to the public. Putting himself out there, yeah. Yeah, when the community management team was like, we're not going to talk to the public, the, you guys are too toxic. What are your thoughts on the CM team basically getting wiped here? You know, the community management team is is essentially, in my estimation, almost completely gone. And they've, yeah. they've, they've, they've shrunk everything down to one Twitter account. You know, the CM's behavior over the years, I had my own opinions on it. Uh, not even toward me, because there obviously was some things toward yeah. me. Not even toward me, just as CM's for a gaming company. I was like, so unprofessional. You yeah. know, just you don't see any other companies with CM's doing this on their personal accounts, just being the way that they were being. Did you, what were your thoughts seeing that in particular thing happen where they stopped talking, Joe's out here doing streams, and now the CMs are largely gone. I, I mean, I'm surprised that um, the one CM that I know that's still there is still there. I, I for sure thought that he would also be gone and they would bring in someone new. But apparently they got everyone else out uh, and that one person stole stole at the company. So um, I don't know. I, I, I thought it, I believe you know, he's been, I, if I know who you're talking about, he's been shifted to Marathon. That might be why. Is that why? OK, I believe so. Um, OK, um, so. It is a little weird to me that they got rid of all the CMs. Like when we first broke on on Monday and they said that 50 employees got, I thought we were talking about devs, right? But then when it came out that there was no devs uh, being being scrapped and it was CM and uh, the composer and, uh, you know, other people, you're like, well, that's kind of weird. Like, why is, why, not, not to take away from anyone losing their job, but it's like, why is it a big deal that these people are getting canned from from Bungie because these people are not making the game, you know what I mean? And and the this is the community at large loves the game because the people that are building the game, right? And and yes, they are connected to the CMs because they talk to them, they feel like they've been part of the community and they talk to them and bring them and they you know whatever. But for the bigger part, then it then it turned into a hundred people, and then we hear that the composer's gone, and then other people are gone, and I'm like, I'm like, why are they getting rid of these people? Which then goes into the, the effect of you know the uh the stock options or the unvested stuff that they they have all to give back and i have a question about that and when we get there but uh yeah i, I wasn't i wasn't surprised at who they got rid of but i was just i was surprised when i heard who they got rid of i was just like oh it's not it's not devs i was like it's the cms and stuff i was like that's kind of weird well, I, one of them employees commented that like it felt it felt kind of rotten to get sacked when a lot of the problems had nothing to do with them. Like they're not making the decisions, and there seemed to be internal calls to say, "Hey, we're losing players. We need to make changes to keep players around." And it was and and those decisions were were shot down. Well, I think this is where that comment comes from, Pete Parsons, where he says we kept the right people, which is a tone deaf statement that he said, <laughs> but. On. I kind of understand what he was trying to do, right? Because he's like, look, and again, I'm ad-libbing here because I don't know how it went down in there, but he's probably brought everyone in and was like, look, we got rid of the people that weren't doing the game 
to save the people that were doing the game so we can try to save the company. You know what I mean? So we, in his words of saying we kept the right people, I think that's what he was trying to say. But I was like, man, that's a poor choice of words. Right. Right. You would say, you would say, guys, this is, this is a dire situation and we have kept those who are essential. You wouldn't say, right. 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 Like you're essential. You know, that's not a diss to a CM or somebody like a writer. It's like they're, we are in a bad spot and they are not essential for us to survive this. Like that's more, I think accurate, but woven with empathy from what I had heard back in 21, 2021, when the IGN puff piece got written about their misconduct, how they had handled the misconduct. I said at the time, I didn't get good vibes from Pete Parsons. He went to that interview with statistics in hand to be like, look at how diverse we are. And it's like, that has nothing to do with misconduct. Okay. I I don't know why you're bringing percentages in your hand as if that has to do with misconduct. And the IGN article even indicated that some of the victims and people that had been sort of, you know, victimized or had situations that had happened, they were still scared to speak out for fear of retaliation. Well, that tells me the retaliation culture is still well in place. And I had a former employee. And higher up. And and higher up. up. That's right. right. And I had a former employee reach out to me and said, there's a lot of us that will really appreciate your coverage of this because you nailed it. We were not asked to sign non-disparaging agreements. They were forced to sign non-disparaging agreements. And that protects the wrongdoers. You know, that protects the people who did the bad stuff. And he said that this went all the way to the top. The toxic culture, the retaliation culture. This former employee is like, this goes all the way to the top. And I remember telling people at the time, I said, this is not the last time that Bungie will be in the headlines for this type right. of thing. And, and look what happened when they when they fired the people. They're like, hey, uh, Chuck, can you come in the office for a second? I just want to let you know you did a good job, uh, but you're fired. Oh, and by the way, can you close the door on the way out? And don't say anything about being fired. All right. Don't look anyone in the eye. Just walk out the door. Uh, thanks. Appreciate it. Oh, by the way, can you uh, turn in your, your stocks thing? I appreciate it. All right. See you guys later. All right. Thanks for coming in. It's like, what are we talking about? Mm-hmm. They did it so like, like scummy, so scummy about how they fired people. First, if anyone knows, if anyone's a manager, you never fire people on a Monday. You wait till Friday. But because they're such scumbags, they didn't want to pay the they didn't want to pay the medical stuff, right? Yep. And, and they and they had to get rid of them before November first. Otherwise, they would have to pay them for another additional month, right? And that's how that's how bad it is at Bungie right now because they're like, we got to save every penny as possible. So uh, let's fire everyone on Monday and oh, and let's tweet out for the rest because we just want to. <laughs> like, it's so bad, so bad. Well, and and Parsons tweets out that it was a sad day they had to say goodbye and he frames it as if it wasn't his decision i think he was cap he was capitalizing on at that moment the public narrative was this is what happens when a big corporation buys you it's is on sony this is on playstation and he tweets this real generic thing about it was a sad day to have to say goodbye and it again it sounded as if you're trying to frame this as if this isn't you. You made you were leaning into the narrative like, yeah, this is Sony and PlayStation. He did that very passively. And more from the Forbes article touches on what you're talking about here. It says employees are extremely angry with leadership now and have often communicated that publicly in meetings. Bets right. were made that did not pay off, but those who made those bets, those who made them, remain in the company, a fact lost on no one. So morale is bad right now. Yeah, who wants to work for that company right now? You're making a game and you're being forced to work on the final shape, which is now delayed or whatever. 
and your friends just got fired and you know the person that's doing it and doing the making the positions now you're stuck there working at a company that now you have regrets working for or remorse working for because of the stuff the sliminess that they just did right so even if you love that company your whole morale has completely changed in that company you're like do i want to be here i'm kind of sick to my stomach that i have to work for this company what they've done well imagine whatever plans they're putting in place right now you're backing more bets and if those bets don't pay off guess what they'll have to downsize again there'll be another wave of layoffs and you got it that means you're literally working for a company that if you don't agree with the vision if you don't agree with what they're saying should happen and you're going to go ahead and forge ahead with it anyway if it doesn't pay off i mean people are canceling their their final shape pre-orders in protest of, of how this was handled so that also is a sting. It's like, well, we're already behind the eight ball now. The response to Final Shape was good, not great. Now you got people canceling pre-orders. And beyond that, if this doesn't pay off, I'm the one that'll likely get eliminated, not the leadership, not the management. Right. Right. They're safe up in their ivory towers. Well, that's the ultimate question then, I think, is where does this head? Where does this lead? Is Final Shape... Is this, is this, we say this all the time, right? This is a make or break moment. I have, are we finally facing one? I believe, I believe we might be finally facing a make or break moment for this game and for the, maybe even for the company. I don't know how much Sony would want to keep them around other than for the live service efforts, right? You would gut the company down to its very core staff. You want the data and the insight. Yeah. Yeah. You want them for specialists and consultation at that point. So up until this information came out this morning or today. Right. Yesterday, when I was talking on the podcast, I thought for a moment, I was like, Bungie, Bungie left Microsoft and they're like, uh, we just we, we saw different things. And then with Activision, you could start seeing the, the pushback. Activision wanted them to go one way. And Bungie was like, no, we're out. Now, Bungie wasn't owned by Activision. They partnered with Activision, but they still got out of there and then paid for the IP to get it back. Right. I was like, they're going to do it again to Sony. I know Sony bought them. Right. And I was like, up until this information came out today, because now they're. Bungie's in trouble. Like they're they're almost ready to shut the doors, and Sony's there to save them. Hence why they were sold. But up until that point, I was like, "There's something going on. There's something where Bungie's like, I." This is my speculation. Obviously, it'll probably get clipped, and it'll be crazy. But anyway, the stocks that they had, right? Because Sony was paying stocks. They paid one was it one point seven billion so far, and then they're going to pay for the rest. And Bungie wanted more shares, like the company Bungie, and they couldn't get that because their employees had those shares right so now they got rid of a hundred employees and then all those shares and i don't know if the composer because he was with the company the longest maybe he had more shares than the guy that was there for a year but i want to know and again i'm speculating here i want to make that clear i'm speculating okay that they fired these people and got their shares back into bungie so now bungie has more shares more value okay and i thought for some reason i said three years down the road Bungie's going to try to get away from Sony again. They're just they're just using Sony to get what they need, the money for is it if it's a for for helping them with the live service games, for selling the stuff, getting the percent whatever, just to build it back up again and then separate once again from this other third company, right? And the reason I say that is because Bungie can't handle money and they need a sugar daddy. And I always made fun of Destiny saying it was my stripper ex-girlfriend, okay? And Bungie is the sugar daddy for Destiny, but now Bungie is that person that needs the sugar daddy and it's always either been microsoft it's been activision and now it's sony sony's paying the bills for 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 bungie 
I mean, I could I could see there being some kind of an angle there with that. I mean, obviously that's just that's that's speculation in theory, and I think that's Absolutely. fine because one of the things that came out from this story was multiple former employees indicating that the most dangerous day to walk into the office is the day that your stuff gets vested, the day that your shares get vested. Right. They give you 25, and then if you make it to two years, they give you, what is it, like 100 shares or whatever? Yeah, it's whatever whatever their deal was. Yeah. Right, and that's the day that so many people were basically fired. They ba- The one guy said he went in with his papers ready to go, like signed yeah. for, his, for his shares to be and vested. And that looks weird, doesn't it? Yeah. That looks weird because it's like, wait a minute, how many other people had shares that were about to to go over and, and it was it was it strategic of the people that they fired based on the stocks and stuff that they owned for the company i would love someone to go deep in investigation of, of this stuff well and i don't need the, the problem there is that you it's not wrong i mean there's no wrongdoing no no I mean, no on the surface no it's not wrong <laughs> but uh under the surface you're like well, that's kind of weird isn't it we, we, we touched on this a little bit, too, with the player base dropping. And I don't want to get into the actual fine details of some of the blog posts and some of the social issues that they touched on. But at 30,000 feet, do you think, or to what degree, was that a contributing factor in people stopping playing and stopping supporting? Because they touched on some, what I would call, very divisive topics. Topics where people are very split. And do you think, to to any degree at all, was there a degree where people stopped playing because they were doing blog posts about you know fairly significant oh, social issues for like political stuff? I don't know. I think uh, I think a a small part of the community would be like, it, just like any business. If the business comes out your local like chicken place and they all of a sudden they vocalize for something, you're like, I'm not eating that chicken place anymore. Whatever whatever side you're on, right? I think a small group of people like that that were playing Destiny Destiny Two saw that and we're like, oh, all right, I'm not I'm not supporting it. I think the majority of the population sees it and kind of like, you know what? I'm just going to let it go by because I just want to enjoy myself in the video game. I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I'm not justifying what they're doing at the company, but I'm just going to play the Destiny, right? I'm just going to give them my money and play the game. I think that's the majority of the population that does that. I think the minority is turned off by that type of stuff, right? Um, okay. So I don't know if that's a big, big contributory factor of why it went down in... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like just population. I, I don't think that's that. I think it's because the game is stale. I think it's because they kept doing the same MO over and over and over. And people started seeing the, the wizard behind the curtain. Yeah. I think all of that kind of falls under the umbrella of the hubris, right? Like they went, they're blogging about super divisive subjects and acting as if, if you're not with yeah. them, you're the enemy. You're terrible. Right. right? Very, very self-righteous posturing. And then the monetization that they did with Lightfall. This was something that I included in my monologue. Like Eugene basically broke down how Lightfall was the most expensive the game had ever been, right? You couldn't get like a discount anymore if you bought the deluxe edition like you used to be able to. Then they're like, you gotta buy the seasons with silver, but it was 1200 to buy a season, but you could only buy 1500 worth of silver and people felt like that's kind of manipulative you're making me buy more silver than i need which then makes you buy more silver because you have this odd amount left over at the end after buying something instead of just letting people buy seasons direct i never bought a season with silver when i was playing the game like i was like what what is this you know so that was another you know extension of the hubris but i also think an extension of the hubris is the copy and the pasting with the gameplay it's the same thing every time because 
it works, right? It keeps people playing. We touched on this yesterday. Free-to-play could have been hiding player loss this entire time, right? With free-to-play, there's this constant influx of people trying out the game. What what other factors do you think were driving people away? Because you touched on the fact that there's other live service games. Then I'm, I'm touching on Lightfall and the monetization. There's also now not a strong enough interest in Final Shape that they're apparently, allegedly delaying final shape now according to the forbes article no significant changes have been announced to staff for the longer term future of destiny 2 plans because of these layoffs and the delay no known plans to reduce support for d2 below old already planned levels no new info about long or long term or something like destiny 3 which i did not get the sense was really on the radar so there's no sense that like there's a destiny 3 is there were there any other factors do you think that led to People just playing less, buying less, you know, the free-to-play. The player numbers looked really good for a really long time. It was like, ah, this game is fine. This game doesn't seem to be struggling at all. Um, no, I, I think the factors was because of the game. I mean, it, it did get stale. I mean, they, it, the last, and again, I, I stopped playing after Beyond Light. Beyond Light came out in what? November of 2020, I believe, something like that. And I didn't even pay for it back then i can't remember if i paid for shadow keep and not because i'm a streamer i think it was on game pass at some point wasn't it? i think beyond i think beyond light was on game pass at one point i played it through the campaign or that story part and then i stopped right and at that point i stopped playing not because i disliked bungie as a company uh that happened after the fact but the i stopped playing because do you remember playing did you play beyond light i forget if you played beyond light I did. That was the the snowboard the, where yeah. Yeah, that was the last time I was able to play. It was February okay. when I was unable to play anymore. Okay. So, when I started playing that game and I did every mission and every mission brought you up to that freaking top left corner of the map, right? And you you had to get something and then go back and then go back up there again and then do the same thing again and then go back to I was like, "What are what are we doing?" I was like, "I'm doing the exact same thing. It's very small content." I was just like, "Yeah, I'm done." I was like, "This has been the same MO from them." And I think that is what broke me now i don't i can't speak for everybody else but on top of that the pvp they stopped supporting that so it drove uh, a bunch of people away from that as well right they didn't support or they would just kind of like it it seemed like the longer the game was going more glitches and bugs were happening right where they were known for their really good polish in the beginning and then all of a sudden eight years in all of a sudden stuff started like breaking or you know not working correctly you're like what's happening with with bungie you could start to see the cracks in the foundation a little bit and i i think they just people just looked at i mean look at diablo how fast it fell uh with the majority of the population because it got monotonous it got it got boring because it was repetitive for a big chunk of players i think that's the same thing that was happening with destiny i mean eight years nine years i mean that's a hell of a run for any game let alone the type of game that they created yeah, and I do think that's co- that's often a question about I had people yesterday debating me why would Sony buy Bungie? They've been so bad at this. And I'm like, well, when they bought them it was 2 years ago. It was 2021. Yep. And the track record of Bungie up to that point was they they're were the pretty good at figuring out the live service thing. Yeah, they're the best. They're still around after this right. long. Right. And and they're right. And they're and on the surface, on the surface, it looked like they were doing really well, right? Yeah, yeah. And and 
I even argued that their failings are extremely helpful and insightful because they have tried and failed and succeeded in all the categories that so many people have tried. Thank you, Mac Attack, for becoming a member. I, it, it just their their information is invaluable, and so that to me makes perfectly good sense why Sony would think these are the guys that are going to know how to pull this off even though they've had some of the darkest moments they've had some of the lowest points they've had times where they were like we this might not even work we right. might we might have to we might have to shut we might have to shut down you know this this we because if they you know if sony didn't own them right now that's what they'd be facing in the in the realm of live service do you think even bungie then is showing that there's just an expiration date on everything like there's just no way yeah. you can run forever yeah, I, I I don't think I think they're gonna they're gonna get a wake up call when Marathon comes out, okay, in twenty twenty five if the delays are true, right? Uh, and it comes out in twenty twenty five, and all of a sudden it comes out, and it's it's popular because people like Bungie, right? And they're like they make good first person shooters, but they're going up against people. By the time it comes out, they're already going up against other extractions and other big IPs that have been out for years, right? right? So they're not the they're not the standard base. Uh, game now where everyone else is coming in on their market they're they are now the new kids on the block getting into the market that's already been established so now they have to make a game the stress is on because now they have to make a game better than tarkov they got to make a better game than what call of duty is on the just a game mode of the dz you know what i mean they have to make a much better game to bring those people over and hence the the other article that they posted earlier this week and they said uh, i think as across is the one that broke it. And he said that his source said that they brought a whole bunch of people in to play the game. And then they, at the end, they said, uh, who would play, who would leave the game they're playing right now for this game? And nobody raised their hand. And I'm, I look at that and go, wasn't that the whole point of them bringing them in there to test it out, to see what it was. So I don't really think it's a smack against marathon. I think that's what the purpose of them bringing them in. They paid for their trip. They paid and put them up in a hotel. They gave them food. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They were there to test the game. So yep. I don't think that's a bad thing about Marathon, but they're looking at it going, we need to get the best people and find out what's going to make them leave the other games when we do release this, because if we don't, we're dead in the water. We're dead in the water. Right. Asacross has since taken the video down. He was worried he was going to get somebody in trouble. Um, I think there was concern there that he had kind of said enough to potentially expose somebody. And he also got pushback from Tom Henderson and somebody and Jez, I believe Jez Corden, that there were people that did enjoy it and had fun. Sure. Um, I my mindset on that on Marathon is if that's where they're if they're putting a lot of eggs in that basket, that's just like all these other people that are trying to do live service, trying to launch a successful right. extraction shooter. That's like the new battle royale. That's the new trend. And an extraction shooter. I think, like so many of those other games, I think they can immediately get long in the tooth and not not survive. People are like, you know, I'm not invested. You know, I don't want to do this. Even, even Call of Duty's foray into extraction shooting with the DMZ, you know, they're not right. doing much with it right now. I think they're trying to figure out how do you keep people coming back to this because they had it very grindy and then they like reset it one season and people got kind of irritated. So, I don't know, man. The future of Bungie to me is is shaky and I think a lot of people expected me to kind of celebrate this and I was like this is actually kind of a somber thing because yeah 
I even said, I was like, I'm rooting for the game to have its comeback. I think a, a, a successful Destiny in the live service environment is good for the industry. It's good for other live service games to learn. It's good for the consumers. Like if Bungie can fix things and set things right, that's good for them. That's good for their employees. That's good for the consumer. And I think a lot of people expected me to like root for the failure and celebrate it. And it was like, no, maybe a couple of years ago, I might've felt that way, but not now. Now it's like, man, come on guys. You guys have a golden ticket. At least it feels like to me, they have a golden ticket. They've had so much support for such a long time and so much data and information you know, where are you on that? Like, do you do you want to see this turn around? Are you wanting to dive back in? Where's your passion and love for the game and its future? No, I'm. I, I've said it for years. I'm done with with Destiny. I'm done with Bungie. Uh, maybe if they brought out Destiny three and they showed it off, and it was like six, eight months, ten months down the road, maybe I would jump in. I'm. I I've seen the wizard behind the curtain, as my analogy goes, and I'm not a fan of Bungie before this. And now this is coming out, and this just it it brings to light to other people what I've known for years, and kind of makes me justified. But I don't want any company to fail. I just choose to not spend my money with that company. Right, right. What led you to that point? Like, what got you to that point to think that I don't, I don't, I don't like this company. I don't want to support this company. What got you there? What was what was the process like? Well, I I, I don't want to say too much because it was at the conventions by talking to the actual developers and talking to the uh, people within the company. So people told me certain things. Uh, do, do you remember? I, I'll be very vague. Do you remember what I said about the one person it, uh, for the company? Yeah, I know. I know and, who you're talking about. And you, you said, oh, no, he's, he's a good guy. And I went, <laughs> and I said what I said, right? That's a joke, a thing between me and Lono, right? That right there is basically the starting point of the downfall of Bungie to me. Right. The way he was and the way other people that I interacted with, uh, people in the community itself, um, I was just like, you know what? They have their thing. I'll let them have their thing and I'll just I'll just leave the community. So, yeah. And it turned out, as far as I can tell, you were correct in your estimation. (laughs) I was not. I was I think I was too charitable, too trusting. I always thought the best about people and it that sadly really hurt me like really hurt me um but i i do think that there's a cultural problem there and i don't think it's necessarily left one of the cms that left a while ago i actually felt like he was told to leave i feel like he was he was like softly fired that was my own theory and and but there's no way to prove that however when this happened these layoffs he was tweeting and saying that this was a management problem and that yeah. it, it, it fell onto them. And it felt like, wow, you're you're out here ready to say, like, yeah, this is a management issue. This is a leadership problem. And I think that's so often where the blame falls on these teams and these, these issues. When we learned about, like, what happened with Redfall, it was ZeniMax that said, we want a multiplayer game. And right. the developers are like, we don't want to do that. And the leadership doesn't properly convey that. They don't properly handle that. And they just push forward. And look what happens. You have a, a very talented studio waste their efforts on a game that's that's in that's largely in shambles. And historically, this continues to happen. There was the Bioware magic with Anthem. There was the yep. Arcane magic, you know. And then Bethesda's 
one of their ex-guys, ex-devs, recently admits they bought into their own hubris with Fallout 76. They think we can't really fail here, right? Almost a Bethesda magic story about, yeah, right. we, we can do no wrong. And I think there is some some bungee magic baked into the crust of the culture there where it's just, this is all great, we're great, we love everybody, everything's going to be awesome. And it really is just a corporate machine. And I think the the yeah. teeth I think the teeth are starting to show on this dog that it's like it'll it'll eat up bite up eat up and chew chew and spit people out whether it's community members whether it's streamers a hi- you know a history of targeting people publicly and you know working to to harm people and it's like now it's starting to hit their employees it's it's pretty obvious that this is I don't think this is something that goes away anytime soon I think there's more stories that'll come out that's what I personally think I, I have a question for you. Do you think Sony? I mean, because now now it's Sony's it's Sony's redheaded stepchild. They 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 paid for it. They're part of the company now, mm-hmm. right? I don't think Sony, like I said in the beginning, I don't think they're the problem. I think now they're the solution, right? So, do you think they do with just what Microsoft is doing now with uh, by putting Matt Booty into Bethesda because they don't want that arcane uh, another thing like Redfall to come out? They're putting their guys in charge to make sure the quality is there, and now it's not a hands off thing anymore. It's more of like when they signed this deal, Bungie was staying independent, their own publishers, and now all this is happening. And if, I mean, maybe they still stay independent, but if Destiny Final Shape comes out and it doesn't sell well, does Sony all of a sudden take that leash and be like, "Come yeah. back with us, buddy," because now now you're not doing your own independent stuff. You're you're now underneath the you're not underneath the uh, the power of Sony, and we're going to make sure your quality is better than what it is. I, I think it's a great question because we would need some legal experts to closely examine the contract because I've had a lot of people say for a long time, Bungie's going to be independent until they're not. And right. Sony's going to kick the door and be like, enough is enough. Like, what are you all doing here? This is a disaster. We bought you. Like, I remember telling people, I was like, put yourself in Sony's shoes. They buy this company. They spend an extra billion. It was like $1.3 billion for one year of employee retention because they know how important that is when you go through a buyout. Keep the talent. Keep the people around, okay? That shows you where Zo- Sony's value system is. They're like, we want to keep people at the company. They've traditionally, I thought this was very astute. Somebody said this the other day that... This is why Bunge, uh, this is why Sony typically buys companies that they're already courting and already working with. They have like this working relationship and this understanding right. of the culture. They didn't do that with Bungie. So they bought them for their expertise and live service. Correct. <laughs> right. So they spend that amount of money, they spend an extra billion for, you know, retention and then look what happens in the wake of that ending. They get outside that one year, you know, employee retention window. And Bungie fails to hit revenue, you know, projections by 45% and has to do cost reductive action. People are like, that's on Sony. It's like, are you kidding me? What was Sony supposed to say at that point? Look, that's fine. That's fine. That's, that'd be utter disaster if you were independent, but that's fine. Cause we own you. That's fine. You right. guys can just completely miss targets. No cost reductive action has to take place. Imagine you're Sony and we fast forward and final shape doesn't do it. Final shape doesn't turn things around. That's the question. What does the contract right. allow yeah. here? Are they what, able what to take, are they able to step in? Right. I I don't know who who did what in the contract. Did Bungie bake enough protection in that that can never happen? 
And at that point, would it turn into some kind of a divestiture situation where we're well, just going to sell you off? We don't want you. Then. Right. Well, that's that's the thing, right? So this, this is what I'm saying. I, I said, again, before this came out, I said within three years, Sony is separates again from, from Bungie. Bungie goes on. If that's because Bungie gets away somehow or if Sony's like, you know what? You're not worth it. And they just sell them off to somebody else, right? But I, I feel like it all comes down to Marathon and it all comes down to Final Shape. The ending of Destiny 2, Marathon, if if Final Shape does okay, they, they got round three, right? They, they go back in the ring and then Marathon's that next up, right? And if Marathon doesn't make it, that's, that's strike two, okay? And then the third one is, well, everything's going through Bungie for this live service, right? They're they're going, hey, we're working on a live service game. Can you check it out? And they're like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that looks good. Or, no, that looks bad. We can't use that, right? This is the big one for me because they bought them for their live service expertise. And they want, what, 10 or 12 games by 2026, right? Or 2025, 2026 for live service games. They already have, like, four or five out ready to go. Like, uh, MLB's show is already out there. Um, Helldivers is coming out. Uh, I forget what GT, other ones are GT7 just did a GT big update. 7. Right. So they already have a couple of live servers out there. But if Bungie can't do Final Shape very well at the end, and they can't do Marathon very well, and all of a sudden now the they're, they're, they, they get exposed because they don't really know how to do live service. They were just lucky because they were the first ones on the block. And most of those live service games come out for Sony and they fail because that's what's going to happen. Most live service games fail, not because Sony's making them, just because game companies, it struggles to make a live service game work, right? You right. see how many shut down all the time. That's within the next three years. So we're in 20, we're about to go into 2024. I say by 2026, 2027, they're going to, they're going to make the break if Bungie stays with the company or if they just devour them and just throw them into for their expertise or they, they let them stay. I don't know. And, you know, Creature's got a theory here that we might see a pattern emerge that, Sony ends up owning Destiny the way Microsoft ended up owning takes Halo. The IP. Yeah, takes the IP. Bungie sets off on their own with Marathon. Eugene took a look. You know, he he's a lawyer. Yep. He says I looked at their Washington State filings, and there's zero indication that there's been a chance in ownership or control of the company. So I think if you take what Eugene is saying and what Creature's saying, combine it, I think that is a potential outcome. Right. We'll that, let you go, but we'll keep your IPs. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I would love, this is what I've always wanted for Destiny, I wanted Vicarious Visions to be in charge. I've said it for all the time, I said the best thing about Destiny was Vicarious Visions, which wasn't even part of Bungie. Mm-hmm. They always treated the content the best, they always, they they always, seemingly to me, they always said, listen, like, we... We understand the player content rhythm. We understand what players want. They, I felt like they built Destiny as players of Destiny. And I felt like Bungie started building a Destiny that was designed for MVP, minimum viable product, yep. maximized micros. All the time. Yep. And there was a time where we weren't sure what the future held for the company. And I remember saying that I could see them handing things off to vicarious visions and then they and then Bungie sets off and does their own thing again. I still kind of pull for that. Now I don't I forget what happened to VV. VV got absorbed somewhere, did they not? They're not really a studio anymore. They got absorbed. I don't know where they got absorbed, but they got absorbed somewhere. Um 
So I w- I would say yes. Uh, I would say yes that that is that is in my mind where the game could turn is if you hand it to the right to the right to the right people. Yeah, and here's another thing. I talked about the, the someone said like the, the the secret sauce, right? I talked about this the other day. What if Destiny has that secret sauce? They they want to keep that secret sauce to themselves, even though even though Sony owns them, they don't want to give all the secret sauce away, right? So would it be conducive for Bungie not to share, you know, maybe they give 95% of the sauce, but they don't give 100% of the sauce to all the other live service games? Because remember, if there's all these live service games and they're all hidden that what whatever magic that Destiny did, are any of them special? Or are they all just kind of bland because they all feel the same? You know, you, you know what I'm saying? Like Destiny feels special because of what it is. But now that it, all fly service games are going through Bungie to look at or to whatever, do all live services feel the same now because the same company is looking at all of those things to make them good? You, you, you know what I mean? Right. I think it's when we've it's we've talked about this before. Like when something has no identity, it doesn't have like a culture, it doesn't have substance. We've you know right. games that just sort of feel. This touches on handcrafted versus procedural generation debates where I was playing the Modern Warfare 3 campaign yesterday and there's these traditional missions and they feel awesome. They're cinematic, they're intense, and then they have these new missions called open combat missions and they're just generic. You're in like an right. open area and you have like basic objectives to do. I feel like I'm playing sort of like a DMZ or Spec Ops. So I do think if you lose that, like that's when you start to, it started to feel like to me, especially I hadn't played destiny in a super long time. And this, this thing hit my feed somehow where I saw pictures of the new guns. I was like, it all looked like stuff I had seen years before. And I went and like, looked at the latest splash page for whatever was coming out. And it just sort of felt like a mobile game. It was like everything is sort of aesthetically driven. Everything looks, you know, very neat. I think they're the kings of marketing. Like people could actually learn lessons from how they market their content. And so I do think if you go for the more uh, practical or or sort of what works, what's going to generate money, the safe, the safe, the safe. uh, That's what a lot of people are saying about the Modern Warfare 3 campaign. It's very safe. And I think that's always going to be the dilemma for any long-standing franchise, any live service game, is that you're you're gonna you're gonna run out of new ideas or new innovations or things to change. Got a super chat here from Everys, uh, says, How ambitious was their growth target and why didn't it why didn't it change in the first half of the quarter due to Lightfall not meeting expectations to replan budgets? Historics could have reflected twenty nineteen, not twenty 22 like i i don't know i mean i you they must have really thought things were going to go a lot better than they did yeah i mean but were they blinded by their own like their their own egos to see that they wasn't working i mean i don't i don't get it like how do you get to this point right we know the the i i bring this up all the time right and this is why i said they they don't know what to do with their money right they just they're not a money people they they get a, a crap ton of money maybe they're paying their developers Maybe they might be the standard for the industry, but maybe they just have too many people and they're spending way too much, but they're recouping back in, right? You look at Destiny 1. We don't know on the books how many they sold, right? But we can 
refer to somewhere between 12 and 15 million copies were sold of Destiny 1 originally, okay? And the only reason we know that is because where it was on the sales chart compared to the top game that we knew what the sales numbers were, and then the one right after on the sales chart, we knew what those numbers were back then. So you could justify it somewhere between 12 and 15 million that they sold. If that was a regular game, and let's just say Destiny didn't come out every year for the last nine years with no DLC, they would have made their money back on their initial investment, and they would have had major profit to invest that money into their next game, right? Which, let's just say, it was Destiny 2 four years later, right? And that would have been fine, because that's what normal companies do. But for some reason, Bungie had DLCs, right? Right away, we had Dark Below, House of Wolves, uh, you had Iron Lords, you had, or um, Rise of Iron, you had uh, Taken King, right? You had all of these other DLCs that came out and paid 15 bucks for them each, or 30 or 40 or 50 dollars for these and that's coming out every single year like a call of duty call of duty makes the next call of duty based on the sales that they make and sure they're making 30 million sales and stuff like that but even even spider-man regular spider-man made the next miles morales based on the sales that they made with spider-man right like this is what you do in a company you build a game you make a game you sell a game and you invest that money into the next game what did bungie do with their money from the very beginning of, of Destiny with all of the sales from the original game, then the DLCs, then the expansions, and then they rebooted for Destiny 2. They've been selling Destiny for the last eight years, and yet yeah. they don't have the money. Like, what do they do with their money? Well, remember when they had that, that blog post about expansion? They were going to put a studio in Amsterdam. They were building their own new facility. 208,000 square feet studio, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's obviously probably a ton of money spent on R&D, maybe hiring, who knows, with Marathon. And there's another game, Matter is not Marathon. No. So, so we don't know what that is. We, I mean, and they that, had a $100 million investment from NetEase. What, what happened with that, mm -hmm, right? Because mm -hmm. that was supposed to be going to what we thought was a mobile game, remember? Right. There was a lot of rumors and theories that there was like a mobile game. So there are some quite yeah, there's some questions here. It's like what what's going on? Where are all of the you know the investments and the plans and the studios and in the in the expansion? I mean, they again, if if the hubris truly caught up with them, they they went really broad thinking that their cash cow was gonna keep just absolutely yeah. giving them gold. And if that runs out, I wonder what reverberations this will have. You laid off 100 people, okay, but what about everything else they were planning? What about everything else they were trying to do? Um, millions in lawsuit wins. Yeah, I don't know how much they actually were awarded. I mean, they were awarded, well, they, but did they get any of it? Did yeah, they, get any yeah of it? they got like 13 million or 16 million from one or whatever. I don't know, man. I feel like they went out and like uh, jokingly bought like a fifteen thousand dollar like espresso machine. They had like massage therapists come in, and they had like a jacuzzi or something. Like I, I don't know what they did with their money. It just seems very, very odd that oh, every other company. This is brands new. Matter is on ice from internal reports and asked across his source. Thank you for the five spot. And other people in chat are trying to tell us that Matter is basically canceled or on ice. Well, they got. I, see, I, I just don't understand what they've what they've done. What have they done? Like, someone look at their books. They're a private company, so you can't look at their books, right? But now they get merged in with Sony, and doesn't that become public? Because now they're part of a public traded company? So can you look at the Bungie books, or does Bungie's books get covered? And I'm asking. I don't know. Or do they get covered, and they just get lost in the uh, in the shuffle? Right. Eugene says, you believe the source for the information he had to delete? Well, no, he deleted the video because he didn't want to get that person in trouble. I think he included too much information. 
And so he, I don't think he deleted it because it was inaccurate. He indicated this is, this was relayed to me. So I got this second hand. It was relayed to me that Astacross indicated on a live stream. Like he didn't want to get somebody in trouble. I guess he kind of maybe said too much. Um, so yeah, I, I think we're seeing the tip of an iceberg personally. I don't think we, we have the full picture of what's going on. If there are people at the company saying, look, if we were independent, we'd be, we'd be in dire straits. I mean, even Marty O'Donnell came out and said, you know, remember when Mick Gordon told a story filled with receipts? I, I have a ton of receipts. I don't think Marty can say anything though. I think he signed those rights yeah. away. What I love is that everyone that's a Bungie, and when I say a Bungie fan, I'm talking about like the content creators and like the, the people that just never believe anything. All these years that go by, Bungie could never do anything wrong. Hashtag Bungie's never, never the fault, right? Never Bungie's fault. Hashtag. Okay. Like, and now you see these content creators like freaking out. Why? Because they're like, well, the train's coming to the end. They're not making any more destinies and stuff's going on. What do I do with my channel, right? They're freaking out. They're freaking out because they don't know that they made their livelihood off of this game. And now all of a sudden it's crumbling around them and they don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I walked through, you know, Eugene sort of recounting of what had happened with Lightfall. It was the most expensive, the situation with the silver. And I think this year played a role. I really do. I think 2023 was so big that that also caused some of this damage. I just think that they they lost their footing with their community, not just because of what they had done, but I think once you go and play other games, we see this all the time. People are like, I just started playing other games and now I can't go back. Right. It loses its hooks in you. Yep. And... I, I loved I loved Tom Warren's summary where he said the Destiny 2 community used to blame Activision for any game or company issues. Or, now or some Microsoft. Temp- yeah. yeah. Now are trying now they're trying to blame Sony. And maybe it's Bungie leadership that led the company to where it is today. One hundred percent. That's what it is. Yeah. Always, I, always has been, always will be. Yeah, and I agree. And I I think that's what's so hard about covering things like this is it's immediately you know, speculation, rumor mill, theory, and then we get a little bit more information, then a little bit more, then a little bit more. And then even today, we're getting ready to go live and all this inf- more information's coming yeah, out. Yeah, more information, yeah. And and so I, I have, I don't have high hopes for the the future. I actually think everything we learned today makes me, makes me think that the next DLC is gonna, gonna struggle. It's it's not gonna it's not gonna do as well as they need it to unless it literally comes out of the gates because li- typically the pattern with Destiny is every time there's a bad expansion the next one's amazing and I think right. that's been by design I think they sandbag they sandbag bandwidth to make it feel better it, well and they short they short change an expansion every time to make the next expansion that's that's how they do it they have to sort of sandbag their bandwidth and I think that it could it is going to be substantive. But I wonder if it's going to be one of those things where it's like nobody cares. People are just going to be like, no, we're done. Do you think? Do you think it, they rally? Do you, and when I say rally, do you think the because they come out and they're like, oh, well, if, if Final Shape doesn't do good, we're we're done for, right? Do you think that the we do know the Bungie community is very, or I should say, the Destiny community is very, very generous, right? I mean, there was literally cons built off the generosity of of that of that community, right? So. There was there was careers blown up because of that community in so both ways. We, yeah, blown up both ways. Yeah. <laughs> do you think though that the community rallies 
And regardless if Final Shape is good or bad, people buy it because they don't want Bungie to shut down. They don't want it to go away. Well, I think this is one of those situations where they're going to be tempted to keep pushing micros because they need money. And this is another thing from the Forbes article that says there have been many meetings about microtransactions where many devs wanted to reduce them, but they were always given the reply that they are necessary given how expensive Destiny is to operate. And complaints about new ones don't always reflect reality. Event cards may seem lame, but they sell well, for instance. Or you'd be surprised how many people are still buying the oldest expansions that we always say should be free by now. So there is, I think there's a moment where you start working against your own interests. If you start pushing micros too much, you start to drive people away. And the temptation with, with the final shape would be to say, in the event that this doesn't hit projections that we need it to, we're going to have layers of microtransactions that the devs are saying, you got to reduce this. And they're being told, no, we're, we're, we're going to keep that. And that may actually compound the problem and expedite Exodus because the people that actually buy it are going to say, you guys are continuing to over-monetize right. here. Uh, look, I'm, I'm a gamer. True, through and true, right? I, I am a gamer. I don't care what companies make the games. If a game comes out and a game, if it's a dev, independent, full-blown AAA, whatever, conglomerate company, make a game, sell a game. If a game comes out and it's good, People know it's good and they'll buy it and, and, and that's it. That's how you make more money. Activision became a conglomerate company because they made good games in the past and became the big companies they are. EA made good games in the past and that's why they became a giant company because they kept making good games. Make a game, sell a game. If they come out and the game is bad, it's bad, right? It doesn't matter what game you like. You have to admit that it, I played crap games all the time, right? But I like that game, but I know it's not a good game. Right, so make a game, sell a game. Bungie has to make a game. If they come out and it's good when it comes out, then it will make money. And if it doesn't, well, you've you've made your bed. Now you have to lie in it. Well, what are your thoughts on Destiny's future and with respect to beyond Final Shape? What do you think their ultimate plan was here? Was it Final Shape and more seasons? A lot of people say it was Final Shape. They were going to coast with seasons and EOL the game. Like, that's what they a were, lot of... Did what Division's doing, basically. Right. Just coast, yeah. Because we, I've been told there is, you know, according to their TWAB that they posted, if you want to call it that, you know, it was a very, very, you know, five paragraphs or so. They indicated there's like 650, pe- 650 teammates, or I don't know what that means, teammates. That could be anything. Yeah. 650 people, people on one game. Are, yeah. working on, are, are working on the next thing. They're working on, they're, no, they're working on the final shape as well as subsequent seasons. And I've been told by people in the know that have sources at the company that this is the most people they've ever had working on Destiny in the history of the franchise. So is this a spin up and coast moment? Or do you think they had bigger plans? Like, is there is there something oh. beyond this expansion that's significantly more than what they've been doing? I mean, this goes back years ago. I th- I think they had that f- epic dream. I think Epic did, had a dream. They couldn't hit it until Fortnite came out and the Battle Royale put them in a different stratosphere. I think Destiny was looking for that stratosphere. I think they were looking for that monetization to make money like Epic was off Fortnite, and it didn't come. And I think it changed their the way they had to do stuff, and I think that Marathon wasn't a thing. But because Destiny was struggling, they had to make something at a lower spectrum 
that could have a bigger potential to make more money, right? It's it's just a extraction shooter. It's not as big as Destiny. They can manage that game much more than they can manage Destiny. So I, I think their bigger scheme was that Destiny 2 was going to be a thing, and then Destiny 3 was going to be a thing down the road. But now I think all that's up in the air. I think I think they'll be fine. I don't think Bungie's going to close down, but I don't think Bungie is going to be in a good spot for a couple of years until it, it all depends if if final shape ends well and then marathon takes off then they're fine but if marathon doesn't do well what's the gap what are they filling it with what are they doing between the end of coasting with destiny 2 and making destiny 3 you know i don't know alapark chimed in in the members only discord and said sony paid for the brain trust that is the people that make destiny not the management team that makes destiny internally Sounds like people know what to do, just aren't allowed to do. Yeah, you got to put yourself in the position of Sony seeing these reports come out. That like, man, it sounds like the devs know what to do and management's out of touch. Like if management's, you know, placing these bets and they don't work, it's like that's where you, that's where the problem lies. Like you have a very talented studio. This is something I really tried to hammer away at yesterday. Well, not yesterday, when I covered this uh, two days ago, I said, listen, it's easy to sit here and wail on Bungie as this sort of entity, right? We, we create almost like this edifice of evil and we're like a Bungie. Yeah. You know, we yeah. do this with all these companies. But these companies are made up of people. And those people, a lot of the times, have nothing to do with any of the stuff that's going on. They're not, they're not a part of the toxic culture. They're not a part of the leadership. They're not a part of the decisions. They're just in there doing their best. And I think this is one of the things that has always frustrated me because of my own, obviously my own personal journey with the game, that it's got so many talented people and they create so much great stuff, but then it always feels like somebody up at the top makes really silly or bad decisions and then everybody else suffers because of it. The devs are the ones criticized for being lazy or you know the, the, the customers are frustrated because things aren't good. I think that's one of the things I don't like about situations like this is that the people that lose are the people that lost their jobs. Yep. The people that are there lost colleagues, and they've also lost probably a sense of value. It's like, I'm next if we don't hit targets. Like, you're saying you kept the right people. Well, apparently, I won't be the right person if the numbers get low enough. That's right. You know? And I think the players lose. Players have invested a lot in this game, and I think they've... I think the players have lost a vision and a version of Bungie that never existed. And I think that's where some of the frustration is coming from. You followed them and supported them and gave money to charitable causes and there's these events and all these things have happened. And it feels like the veil's been ripped off and you're staring at a villain. It's like, well, I've been supporting a villain the whole time. And the and the real the real stick of this is is that in order for people to express their frustration, they have to not support the future content which inevitably will hurt the people at the right. bottom of the company that are going to just get probably laid off if, if if Final Shape doesn't do well. But then if Final Shape does well, you, you, you support it out of pity or whatever, then you're supporting bad practices in a bad company. It feels like a terrible lose-lose situation, no matter how it shakes I, out. I, I think they do the, 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 the full force to get Destiny back on track to maybe not stratosphere it, but just maintain until marathon comes out and then i think they put all efforts into marathon because sony 
wants Marathon to work. And, and it's not an exclusive for PlayStation. They just need Marathon to be a great game that PvP players want to play. I think you're going to get a little pushback with Marathon, though, because a lot of the Destiny community was pissed off that they stopped supporting PvP in Destiny. And then all of a sudden they're coming out with a competitive shooter where they, they had a competitive shooter inside the game of Destiny. And they, they stopped supporting it. So I, I think you're going to get a little pushback there when Marathon comes out. Look, it, it, one thing that Bungie does is they make good games. They do. We love Halo. We love Destiny. We loved all the stuff that they've ever worked on. So it's it's sad that this company is doing what it's doing. And it's not because Bungie, the, the evil corporation. It's because of the people, like you said, in the upper management that are just, you know, ruining it for the rest of us. Yeah, I wonder how much power Sony would have here to step in and be like, Parsons, you gotta go. Like, usually that's what happens if things get really bad is, you know, ownership comes in and says the CEO's gotta go. You, We need completely well, new management and leadership here. I don't know if they have... Yeah. So I don't know if Sony has the power to do that. I don't think they do. Well, well, look at look at a sports team. Like, if you play a football team, if a, if a football team, there's 11 guys on the field and the coach is giving him plays, but he's not out there playing. But if that team screws up and they're 0-16 at the end of the season, uh, those players don't lose their job. Right, the the coach loses his job because they're not gelling together. So you need to get a guy in there, in upper management, which is the coach in this analogy, and he needs to get the devs, which is the players on the field, to gel with each other so they can make the best things that they can make. Right, and that's that's what it is. Yeah, well, and that's that's one of the big questions. What is what does Sony want from Bungie long term? You know, do they they want, they want to make money? Do that's they, what they want right, and do they care? It, it does the success of Destiny play into that because Kira He here with a two spot says what does this do with Sony's live service plans I have said that I think Sony's live service plans were too ambitious 12 games by 2026 I was like yeah no that's that's not going to happen the, the prediction I made was that we'll probably see about four of them come out and I think maybe two would be successful uh and and we don't even know if Helldivers 2 is live service. I think we're all assuming it is, but they haven't really come out and concretely said that that is a game that's going to have like ongoing content and ongoing support. It seems built for that, but again, we don't know. Right. So to answer that question, thank you, Mike, on a mic for gifting a member. And you know the this in my mind is more about it's more about Bungie than it is Sony. I think right. you know I think Sony likely initiate and said you, there needs to be cost reduction here you, this this is bad and as Bungie has indicated they would have done probably far worse without Sony's ownership so that means though that the next the next annual report or the next quarterly report whatever is going to be I would think heavily scrutinized they're going to look at this and say okay yeah. where are things where do they stand you know is it is it is it time to do another cost reduction i don't know if they give them a you know a year do they give them a a quarter i have no idea because they they haven't confirmed that the final shape has been delayed from february to i think june bungie hasn't confirmed that that's only come from bloomberg at this point that it has been delayed He's, he's pretty solid when he when he reports stuff yeah everything that was stated in those meetings it sounded like there was sort of like a smaller meeting that took place where some yeah. of this stuff got said uh, I like the thing that killed me was, and this would have made me very angry. It isn't funny, but I think it's it's more humorous in the way of like they say one thing and do another. It's like yeah, here we go again. They said in an email about some, I guess there had been some people gone from QA, 
and they said if there were layoffs at the company, we would be upfront about it. <laughs> and right, I'm like, right. what? Yeah. <laughs> and then you don't obviously, tell anybody you're, yeah, yeah, don't tell anybody you're leaving the building. We didn't fire you. You just you're just mis- mysteriously missing. Well, they obfuscate too. They like told people don't ask. It's like, what do you mean don't ask? Like that's always alarming to me when the when the the standard order is, yeah, we're not going to really tell you what happened. It's like that. Oh, how bad is it then? If there's a guy outside my window with a machete about to kill me, if I close the blinds, it doesn't make the guy with the machete go away. You know what I mean? (laughs) The the dude's still going to try to kill me through the window. You You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Parasito says in the members only discord Bungie has soft confirmed that destiny three was effectively scrapped and melded into D two live. That to me was always the right choice. I think that was the right choice. I think if they would have gone and tried to do another brand new flagship launch, you know, destiny three, I think it would have been a disaster because there's no way all of the issues that they've had with the engine being cumbersome and slow, I know they've updated it and they can deploy faster than they used to, but starting all the way over would have just been a disaster. It wouldn't have, it would have been like, here we go again, another bad vanilla launch, another vacant game with nothing to do. I think building on destiny two was the right decision. I always supported that to this day, you know, even with my history with the game, I think they made the right call. I think they've also historically, I think they've been one of the paragons of microtransactions. I think their Eververse and how they've handled it has been so good. And that's why I think because they've drifted in that regard, they're getting hammered for it. Because when you offer such an excellent storefront and such excellent treatment of people and you start drifting from that and you start doing some of the scummy practices, I feel like your hand's going to get slapped even harder. I, I see I, I disagree with you. I always disagree with you on the microtransaction part, right? I hated when they brought the Eververse in and then the prices that they charged for them for the Eververse and then they started charging for other things. And when they came out and said the only reason the Whisper mission was in here is because you paid for micro I was like, get out of here. I was like, you made hundreds of millions of dollars before this point and you're telling me because someone paid ten dollars for a skin and a thing that's the reason that mission was in here get the f out of here okay there's that's bs i was i think in many respects anomalous as a destiny content creator because i always defended the eververse i said listen they removed rng 80 percent of the items are earnable they will tell you ahead of time what's not earnable yeah, I, I found it to be a exactly what I want from a microtransaction store because I feel like a game like Destiny needs it. It's it's ongoing. And you're like, oh, they've made tons of money. Clearly we can see how how fast the money can evaporate and how damaging it can be, right? They're, right. They're, it's almost like this is probably not the best analogy, but you remember when Mr. Beast got interviewed by Rogan and he's like He's not yeah. even liquid. Like, he doesn't have any money. I mean, he's fine. He, he's the rest of his life. Yeah, he'll never yeah. want for anything. But he's always basically taking a huge amount of money and dumping it into something. And then he's, like, waiting for another huge amount of money to dump into something else. And we don't know if that's where Destiny was. It was like they were investing so much in bigger, better, longer, the seasons. Who knows? I mean, they even had to have, if you think about the best times in Destiny where the Cadence was just nailing it, they had High Moon Studios and Vicarious Visions filling in gaps of content. Like, that is another very, I would imagine, pretty expensive endeavor to outsource 
to a completely different studio, you might as well be hiring them for that that work, that time period. That's like almost like subcontracting, I would imagine. So I, I I think that this game has been very expensive for a very long time. So I was always on the defense of Eververse, which it irritated people. They'd be like, well, they added more items to the Eververse than they did guns. And I'm like, well, that's not fair. Some of those items are like projections that you hold in your hand. Like that stuff's so meaningless to me in the grand scheme of the grind and in the grand scheme of like what you're pursuing. But I think that's why I always felt a little betrayed when they started doing reskins and not doing new stuff or, or charging for dungeons or you know yeah i heard did they ever did they actually do that i heard they were going to start I, doing I it i could have sworn they did for one i don't know if they did it continue but they charged for a dungeon did they not i stopped playing before that so right a 10 spot from Everys in the super chat says usually they have a non-disparagement clause a non-compete service clause and an nda for a few weeks to access your severance but what happened here was disgusting even for the tech sector. Well, here's the here's the thing. So many people were laid off that they can anonymously talk to the press without fear of repercussions. Now, obviously, the really high up people, the composer that got let go, the uh, the woman that had like did the Halo logo or something. Yeah, these people would have to be very careful because they would say things that would indict themselves. They'd be like, okay, there's like 10 people that know about that. We know that you're the one that went to the press. But a lot of them, I would imagine, can go to the press and speak anonymously. That's why this is continuing to unravel like a sweater. I, I honestly think I honestly think we're, we're in for, for more. I think there's more articles potentially coming, more revelations oh, coming. Oh, for sure. The truth always comes out. I, I've... I've said that for so long. <laughs> I've said that for the so truth, long. The truth always comes out. That the truth always you know, comes you know, out. You know, you, know, you know what the best thing is? If you just tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. That's right. Who said that? Mark Twain? I forget who said it. <laughs> but it's it's a true statement, right? Because if, yeah, if, no. if you start lying, if you start lying, you got to remember the stuff he's lied about. That's right. Tell the truth. That's if right. Just tell the truth. Then nothing happens. That's exactly right. Well, we'll see. We'll see how much, how much more, how much, how much truth uh ends up coming out do you have plans to to play and cover like final shape because i i uh, i obviously yeah. can't <laughs> no do, you know no, you're I, not going to touch it no not touching it haven't touched it in years won't will not touch it will not will not touch marathon will not touch destiny 3 will not touch it now you might have said this earlier i may have missed it because i'm like trying to read chat trying to read yeah, articles. i, I, I might have missed you saying this um when they, when they do stuff in the news, do you cover it? Do you like, oh, here's an article barely. about Destiny or Bungie? No, I barely ever touch what news for Bungie. I don't, like I said, I, I barely ever talk about Bungie. Every once in a while, people are like, oh, did you see what they did? I was like, I don't care. I don't, I don't care. This this is a big deal because it's, it's it's part of the industry, not not about just Bungie, you know? This is about to become a RoboCop Rogue City channel. That game is pretty fun. <laughs> if yeah, you that's, that's a great that's a great game. Yeah. If you accept it for what it is, okay, right? Yes, that's this, a robo- this is it's, a, it's an accurate RoboCop game. It's yeah. spot on. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. How else would you make a RoboCop game? Like that's what it needs to be like, right? Like I, I think that's one of the reasons Aliens games have always struggled, right? The Xenomorphs have to be insanely fast and insanely strong, and that's not fun to play against, right? Like you're just gonna right. die a bunch. Um, I mean, I'll say I'll say this. I, I did not. I like. I didn't want to cover this. I didn't. I was sort of convinced to cover it in my in my writers' room segment that I do. 
and my main goal and focus was I don't want to make this about me because it had been really easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To to almost take like a victory lap of celebration. Super easy. Yeah, right. super easy. And I and and I had people asking me in the live show about that, and I said that other people's suffering will never do anything to help you with your own, and. Right. I know how sucky it is to suddenly lose a, every what feels like everything. Like a lot of these people feel like they've lost everything. I feel like they didn't just lose a job; they sort of lost a community. They felt like they were part of something. They were part of a family. They had colleagues and friends, and and that's all been sort of yanked from them. And I quite literally know exactly what that feels like to to the letter, and. It's weird to feel that com- camaraderie or almost comradeship with people who probably do not like me or think highly of me, but to be like, hey, I've been there and they did it to me too. You know, right. they did the same right. thing to me that happened to you. And it just, I think the better path was just empathy to say this sucks for everybody involved. And even covering it today, I was a little unsure, but you know, creature was like dude you did a show with mike about this game for so long how can you guys i could have i could have been sitting here agging you on going yeah yeah you tell him right but i you know that's not how we are we're 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 professional we talk about it and and we don't have we i i think both me and you put it in where we're not putting our emotions into what the game is and what it did and the stuff in the past you know it it is what it is We're, we're, we're just reporting and giving you our thoughts on what is the situation if if Bungie came out and didn't tell Chuck to not say anything? You know, I'm, Chuck's made up uh, ch- uh, guys. Just let you guys know, Chuck's not actually a guy that works there. Maybe he was. I don't know. But if to be hush hush and don't tell anybody and be scummy about what they did and just was open, hey, there was layoffs at Bungie. Been like, oh, I, layoffs happen. It's always going to happen. Next Christmas, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a talk that someone else lets somebody go. It happens all the time. It's not because it happened. It's the way it happened which makes it worse. Yeah, yeah. A question from someone in chat here saying, what about viewers? Like, what do you think of people saying they are crappy because they don't want to watch certain content creators anymore because they won't be playing Destiny 2 anymore? Well, I that's, that's always a question of entertainment. I think content creators really struggle with this, that you're an entertainer, and if... You grow your career entertaining people with juggling. Yeah. And you're suddenly like, yeah, I'm not going to be doing juggling anymore. I'm going to be doing quilting. Well, I mean, yeah, you're still doing something, you know, tactile with your hands. You're going to lose a majority of your audience. That's right. You're going to lose a majority of your audience. I I used to give the analogy of like if you're sitting at a bar and the TV is on and it's a football game and you love football and you're watching – Right, and then they change the channel to baseball. You're if you do not like baseball, you're going to yeah, turn right. away. Exactly, it's an instinctive thing, you know. They, they, there wasn't suddenly a crazy surge of viewership for baseball when Michael Jordan played baseball. It wasn't like everybody that loved Michael Jordan wanted to suddenly watch baseball. I'm sure it helped a little bit with the team. Yeah, that he some was people. On. Yeah, some people did watch it because they were Michael Jordan fan. That's right, a baseball fan. Yeah, that's right. But every single person who liked Michael Jordan did not suddenly decide I now love baseball. And I think that's always a challenge for content creators is to not take that personal. I've always said it's my job to offer as much value as possible. Exactly. So if you're going to pivot to variety, 
then that should be your focus. And I know right now I might even be, you know, extending an olive branch and offering help and advice to people who helped torch my life. But I mean it. I mean it. Like, you can do it. You just have to focus on what can I do to bring value, something unique, something special. That's you, right? Like, people that like you, if you bring yourself to other categories, other topics, other ideas, then I think people will come with you. But not everybody. You have to accept that as a reality. You're going to lose a ton of people, okay? And... If you can accept that reality and focus on the value and making every show and every video as excellent as possible, then I think you could make it. And I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm going to give some more advice to these people, to some of these people. I think a lot of these people need to start new channels. I really do. I think if you try to start putting a bunch of this variety content on your Destiny channel, on your main, yeah. you are absolutely going to hurt yourself from both sides. Keep making Destiny content, cover the twabs and cover the updates and, you know, cover the new content. They're not done, right? They didn't just close up shop. Right. Okay. Right. The sun will shine again. So keep making your Destiny content, but I'd start supplementing. I'd start another oh, channel. I'd start shoving people they, over somewhere else. They are they are panicking left and right. I've, I've been watching Twitter and YouTube and everyone's like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my channel. Uh, I'm going to try to dabble. I'm like... Welcome to the rest of the world where everyone else is just. I I mean, yeah. I wonder what that. I wonder what that's like. I yeah, what what's like. it like? I don't know. Right? I'm a small. I'm a super small channel, and if I cover one topic, it might do really well, and then I cover another topic, no one yeah. watches it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's just the way it is. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, you have to commit yourself. You have to commit yourself to the process. You have to commit yourself to to excellence. If you're entertaining, if you think you're entertaining, that's right. Then then do the work. You know, do the work. But I think you're going to give new content its best shot if you start a new channel because it's fresh. You you had that experience, right? You started a fresh channel and yeah, you I'm had struggling, yeah. I'm and struggling you had some starting back over and mm-hmm. doing it again, and yep. Mm-hmm. And you had some videos take off, right? If oh, you yeah. kn- if you know how to navigate YouTube with title, description, make a good thumbnail, right? Which I if don't. You, which you I'm learning. <laughs> right, you're learning. You're yeah. learning part of the craft. And I can say that as somebody who in early 2021 got kicked out and had to start basically all over uh, and, you know, could no longer play and cover the game. And that transition into variety was it was absolutely I would say it was harder than what happened earlier. I think it was harder. It was more difficult. It was like now I have to learn a bunch of new skills. I've got to I've got to take my lungs. I've got to watch every metric go down including money that's always demoralizing right you're working more and getting less but i think that some of these people are you know they're probably talented enough and good enough to transcend and figure out a way to do variety i do think there's probably a portion of them that this is and this is absolutely frightening because they know that their appeal is not as strong as the games like they know that right. they can't they can't cut it in variety. I think some can, but I think some know deep down they're like, yeah, I can't cut it in variety. I'm done if I got to do that. I mean, I, I put myself in their shoes. If I built a whole career off of the game, I mean, every time an expansion came out or a major DLC came out, it was always doom and gloom. They're like, oh, this is bad. They're seeing numbers drop. They always do that. I mean, that's what it is. But that's their livelihood, right? So they they need it, and they had. 
you got to look at it as like it's not coming to an end. You got to look at it as man, I had a good run with that. Now I got to try to find my next run, right? You got to find your next mm-hmm. the next thing you're going to attach yourself to. Yeah, people are mentioning uh, Astacross. He is one of the few that I I, uh, I I I fully support and endorse and recommend people watching him because I think he's he's a man of integrity and which is which is which is rare. But I actually think he's very entertaining. I think he could do well. Uh, transitioning into variety. I think he could do well if he just launched a channel where he read gaming blogs and made fun of them. Like, just read updates in his natural cadence, the way he speaks. Uh, I think he has, I think he has some humor. He's got a, he's got a wit, he's got a wit that I think he could bring to bear on other He's also got a unique voice. He's also got a unique, Mm -hmm. like, literally, a unique Mm -hmm. voice. Like, his voice stands out amongst other, other content creators. Yeah, he has a, he has a cadence and as soon as you hear him speaking, you know it's him. And so I think there is uh, there's something there. You guys are saying that my glasses look like Bill Gates' glasses. I appreciate that. You know, I, I'd, I'd take I'd take some Bill Gates money. You know, if, uh, <laughs> if that's the case. These are new glasses. They showed up from Gamer Advantage, so I wanted to show them off. Um, so yeah, I, I think the reverberations of this is going to affect a lot. I I you know it's going to affect content creators. It's going to affect the community. You know, it'll likely affect Bungie. And the the hope that I would have is that the damage is as minimized as possible because you never want to see, I don't, you know, and I know people probably think that it's, you know, deserved or they think it's like karma or whatever. And I think at some level, yes, when people live their lives in a way where they're corrupt and they're dishonest. I think cyclically those things come back around, whether or not you believe in some cosmic force that ha- you know does it, or it's just sort of natural, I think. And right. I just hate that when it happens at companies of this size, it seems to not hurt the people that it should hurt. That's the thing that has always kind of well, frustrated yeah, me. That's always happens, right? Yeah. The innocent get hurt, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So I I would say I would say that the future is unknown. I'm happy to, to to come back and revisit this in the future. I think going forward, I do feel like I can cover that game and that company from 30,000 feet. I'm obviously not going to get in the trenches and play it unless they decide to do the right thing. I don't anticipate that based on the news this week. I don't anticipate that happening. I don't think internally that anybody would do that, but... I think we can cover this at 30,000 feet. I think we can we can look at the results as this transpires if more comes out. And, you know, I know that Mike and I have such a history with it. It it would seem silly to not weigh in and be like, "Man, yeah. we were we were there in the earliest the earliest of days. I was a day one beta. I believe Same. you were were you day one alpha or day one beta? Alpha, alpha actually. Yeah, I thought you predated me cuz I couldn't get into the alpha. I got into the beta. Every year I have a Facebook memory that comes back around. I'm installing the Destiny 1 beta and I took a picture of my television like a like a grandpa. Um, <laughs> yeah, look at what I got here. Um, and every time it comes back around I'm like, "Man, that was such a long time ago." You know, it feels like all it feels it feels like a lifetime. It practically it, it is a lifetime ago. When that all yeah, happened, literally, my son was born two weeks before the game came out, and now my son is nine years old. Right? It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I remember. You know, back in the day, streaming on Twitch and uh, yeah. having my daughter with me playing Destiny. You know, sitting in a high chair. <laughs> yeah, you know, she was a baby. She's turning ten 
this month, brother. Yep. Ten double digits. What happened? That's crazy. Remember when we went to the? When, how old's your son now? He's nine. He he literally turned nine two weeks before the Destiny launched. Like like it's two weeks. His birth is two weeks before Destiny launched. Right. Yeah. He's always a year behind her because I remember the one year we went to the zoo yeah. together. He was a little bit younger yep. than her. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. They're getting big, man. It's like we're getting old and they're getting tall. It's just you know the way things go. Tall? I think you're getting shorter. Hey hey hey. They're getting they're getting taller. I'm not getting shorter. Oh, they're getting taller. Yeah, we're getting shorter. Yeah, I'm yeah. not. Well, I'm not shrinking yet. I know that, you know, I know that. You're already there. You're already there. You get a you get a leeway. <laughs> I got a head start. I got a head start yeah, on being elderly. Exactly I right. think that's that's an evolutionary advantage <laughs> that I have, you know, yeah. that I uh I <laughs> I don't have to worry about that. So we typically on these Fridays go to a VIP segment. And we're going to be doing that in a moment. That's me, 30, and my producer. It gets a little unfiltered, gets a little bit sort of just transparent. I'm sure a ton of you would want to know what Mike and I really think about some of this stuff. So if you want to upgrade to VIP, you can come with us. If you're one of the lucky people that got gifted a membership, we're actually two away from 75. I'd have to gift more if we hit that. But if you're one of the lucky people this week that got a gifted membership, tonight, Friday night, is another Fright Night that you guys earned. My wife and I will be playing the game where you can't scream. It's called Don't Scream, and it resets if you scream. We'll be playing that tonight. Should be pretty funny. Okay, so you know, you know, you haven't covered Destiny in a long time, Mike. Tell them where they can find you, and tell them what you are covering. I cover the news. I have a show in the morning from ten o'clock noon Eastern, from Monday through Thursday, that we go over uh, news stories and we just have conversations with Chat. Chat is one hundred percent. I read everything from Chat. Um, even the ones that come in and troll me, I read them out loud because why the hell not? Okay, so we, we read those. Uh, we, we have conversations, and I do breakout videos of those. You can come to the live show and watch that, or you can watch the breakout videos of those segments later uh, on YouTube. I do uploads, and then I also do live gameplay Monday through Wednesday night. And then Thursday night, we cap off our week uh, with a podcast called Generation X Gaming. I do uh, I do with my brother. Uh, we've done 371 episodes over nine years. Uh, so come out. It's a good time. I highly recommend uh, Generation X Gaming. Did you guys do an episode this week? Yep. We missed last week and we did one this week. Yeah. Okay. What did, did you guys, how how much focus did you guys put on Bungie? Oh yeah. Sarge went off. Like he went off. He he had like a, a moment. He was, he was ranting. That's what we do there. It's a, it, literally the podcast is called uh, Generation X Gaming, the weekly podcast. It goes over a few of the top stories and we rant along the way and Sarge, it's it's definitely not it's definitely not uh, uh, school kid friendly. So uh, when you come over there, it's definitely uh, put the earphones on. It's not safe for work. That's right. It's not safe for work. See, I asked that guys. Thanks for those two gifted members, Angry Pete and Assume Parasite. There's the five that I now owe you. So all of you can either upgrade to VIP and come with us right now, or you can tune in tonight. Look for those notifications yep. if you're a member. But yeah, I, I, I might have to check that out because I was don't wondering. Watch, don't. Don't watch in front of the kids. I won't. I won't. I won't. I have Bluetooth headphones. I'm listening stuff around the house for that purpose uh, because sometimes I want to listen to like Asmongold or something and I'm like, no, I can't let my kids hear this guy. (laughs) He cusses too much. Um, (laughs) But I was curious. I was like, man, I wonder what Sarge thinks because you and him had me on that podcast. What would now be loved, loved Destiny. Eight years ago is when you had me on. Yeah, I still have that pic. I, I still have the videos. I can show it to people. You want me to? 
Want me to show what you looked like back then? <laughs> we could we could maybe show the guys in VIP. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. No, no, I've, no, I've I've actually I've I've had a bit of a glow up. Okay, I look you can, much you better. You can watch them. They're all, they're all uh, well. You can listen to the early episodes. You can watch the last like year and a half over on Spotify. But everything's up on Spotify uh, from episode one all the way up to three seventy. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. Well, there you there you have it, folks. You can go listen to those episodes i would highly recommend checking out generation x gaming this week because i i always have, i've always appreciated sarge's input and you got to hear mike's input today on the situation and if you want a little bit more of an unfiltered look at things from myself mike as well as my producer uh we're going to be heading to a vip stream right now so if you want to upgrade your membership there's going to be a command in chat if you want to do that if not that is totally fine we appreciate your support make sure that you smash that like button that helps out this video it helps out me uh hit subscribe as well let's go for 400 likes before we leave there was over 700 people here great great friday stream with you guys i'm gonna put a link in chat and that is where we are headed and then i'll also redirect you as well thanks so much for all the support today if you want to go check out the robocop gameplay you can if you're not a vip and can't come with us thanks so much for being a vip or higher Uh, we appreciate that extra support this is going to be a weekly vip unfiltered stream with me my man 30 and so gaming and creature and we'll probably get a little bit more transparent with y'all about the Bungie and the Destiny situation because we just talked about it. And I, you know, we were we were very, I think, professional. I think, but we covered sure. it in a in a very broad way. There was new information that came out, so if you missed that somehow or you missed the beginning of the show, go back and watch that show that we just did for that new info that just came out. I'm actually going to end that episode and bring people over with redirect if they can, in fact, come with us if they are at the VIP.